Well, every time it happens to my wife, Nikki, she gets very upset about it. It is when she sees a piece of mail that maybe she sent to someone. We turned with the phrase, return to sender. Has that ever happened to you? It's annoying when it does happen because you have spent time crafting a note or a letter or a neat package being sent to some, someone else, all for it just to come right back to you. And maybe you waited almost 30 minutes in line at the post office to get that piece of mail sent away, and now you have it right back in your, in your house. Can anyone relate to this story at all? Have you ever experienced something like that? It can be annoying and very frustrating. If you have not experienced something like that, what about this particular example? Do you ever feel like your prayers are like that piece of mail? Do you ever feel like your prayers are like that piece of mail where you have prayed to your Father in heaven? You have prayed fervently, but it, it feels like or it appears like you're getting a return to cinder from God. You feel like your prayers are not being answered by your heavenly Father. You know passages, and we know the passages like 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. You know that, right? Pray without ceasing. And that's the mindset that maybe you've had for a long time. You have this mindset of being in the, in the, in the, in the mind and the mode of praying to God and, and casting your cares to him. You know what the Bible says maybe in Luke chapter 18. This is actually our Bible reading for this week. Turn over to Luke chapter 18 and let's get started early in our Bible reading in Luke 18 where Jesus spoke about being persistent in our prayers. In Luke chapter 18 and how we ought to pray. He said in verse number 1, Now he was telling them a parable to show that all things, or that at all times, they ought to pray and not lose heart. And maybe this has been your mindset for a long time, that you're praying and trying not to lose heart. He would go on and talk about this woman. In a certain city, there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect men, and there was a widow in that city. And she kept coming to him saying, give me legal protection from my opponent. And eventually, this man would move on her behalf. And verse number 6, the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now, will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night, and will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And he also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. Two men went into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector, and he would go on and use another example. Maybe you know all of this already, and you've had the proper mindset of praying consistently and fervently and with faith and recognizing how you go to God in prayer in a humble manner, and yet you may still feel like your prayers are being returned right back to you. That God is not answering your prayers. He's not moving on your behalf. And maybe you've waited patiently like Nehemiah. Remember Nehemiah? In Nehemiah chapter 1 and chapter 2, we're not going to read that, but in chapter 1 and chapter 2, after Nehemiah learned about bad news that was taking place with his family and his brethren back at home, he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed. And after three months, when you get to chapter 2, God eventually moved on his behalf. And maybe that's, been your, maybe that's what you have been doing. You have been praying for months about a particular situation or about a particular family member or about something that you desperately want God to provide for you. And yet in the process of time, it appears that your prayers are not being answered at all. And it's almost like God is sending you or me a return to sender 
note. The question for all of us is, how do we feel? How do we respond when we feel that way, rather? Do we get annoyed? Do we get frustrated? Do we consider even giving up on God? How do you feel when you reach that point? When you feel like God is sending you a return to sender notice? After all, we've invested a lot of our time and faith in those prayers, only to see them, at least from our perspective, to have failed. Well, this morning I want us to consider an example in the Scriptures where it appears a man may have felt this way. I think by the time we get done, I think the case is not, that's not going to be the case. But upon reading this initially, this man may have felt this way, or we may at least view it this way. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm talking about the Apostle Paul. We find the Apostle Paul in this particular chapter, another popular text when it comes to the issue of prayer, the topic of prayer, where Paul was praying fervently to God about something in particular. He was very specific about what he wanted God to do. And yet we see that from our perspective, at least, he may have been feeling like God was sending him a return to sender note. We see an awesome experience that Paul had in the beginning of 2 Corinthians chapter 12 in verse number 1, where Paul said, boasting is necessary, though it is not profitable, but I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or out of the body I do not know, God knows such a man was caught up to the third heaven. And I know how such a man, whether in the body or apart from the body I do not know, God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which a man is not permitted to speak. On behalf of such a man I will boast, but on my own behalf I will not boast except in regard to my weaknesses." For if I do wish to boast, I will not be foolish, for I will be speaking the truth, but I refrain from this, so that no one will credit me with more than he sees in me or hears from me. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, and I have many questions about this, to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. What we know is that he did have a thorn in the flesh. We see this here in verse number 7. Now, I want you to notice what he said in verse number 8. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. Three times he went to God. And he is very detailed in his prayer about, Lord, this is what I'm asking. This is my request, that this thorn in the flesh be taken away from me. And when you just read that or just stop there, it may appear that Paul may have felt maybe God was sending back his prayers. Maybe he was experiencing this return to sender type experience. And I think there's some things that we can learn as we see the rest of the story with how the Lord is going to respond to him and how that will help me and you when it comes to our prayers, when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our relationship with God. The first thought I want you to consider as we think about this lesson here is what's found in verse number eight. And he said, concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave. And he has said to me, the Lord said to me, that's something that stood out to me, that, that the Lord heard the prayers of Paul. Whether or not he had this mindset, I, I'm not for sure. But whether or not he had this mindset, there was one thing that was abundantly clear, that the Lord heard his prayers. And Paul, he wanted that thorn in the flesh to be removed. 
He was praying fervently time and time again. Certainly it had become too much. And he was making his request made known to God. And there could be no mistake on this, on the, on the part of the Apostle Paul, that the Lord heard his prayers. And this is so important as we think about our experiences and our moments and our challenges. We all have different uh, challenges that we face, whether it's with family or friends or health or whatever the case may be. And as we think about this idea of prayers being sent back or maybe God not answering our prayers, we need to know that God hears our prayers. And while we know this and have taught this before, this is something that we need to be reminded of, that God hears the prayers of the righteous. Do you believe that? In 1 Peter chapter 3, this is what Peter reminded the saints. Will you turn over there, please, and notice what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 3 as he was talking about a variety of relationships. He said this in verse number 10. In 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse number 10, Peter said, For the one who desires life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer. You hear that? The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, it's one thing to read these uh, verses, but it can be very hard to, to fully believe these verses, particularly when we find ourselves in some dark days. And all of us are going to find ourselves having some dark days. And dark days are not necessarily because we have sinned or done something wrong. Dark days are going to happen because of life, because we are in this world. And there was a man in the Old Testament in Psalm 88. Will you turn over there with me? In Psalm 88, this man was facing some dark days. And I want you just to read this with me. Maybe you can relate to this. In Psalm 88, this man was crying out to God. He was crying out to God, and his situation did not appear good at all. In Psalm 88, beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, O Lord, the God of my salvation, this man said, I have cried out by day and in the night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry, for my soul has had enough troubles. Have you had enough troubles? Have you had enough with whatever situation you may be experiencing in your life? For my soul has had enough troubles, and my life has drawn near to Sheol. Verse 9, my eye has wasted away because of affliction. I have called upon you every day, O Lord. I have spread out my hands to you. I am praying to you all the time. I'm crying out to you all the time. And verse 13, but I, O Lord, have cried out to you for help. You tell us to come to you, and that's what I'm doing. I've cried out to you for help, and in the morning my prayer comes before you. Do you feel like that man sometimes? You're crying out to your Father in heaven day and night, and the days are dark, and your situation is very difficult. And it can become really easy to say, maybe God is not just listening to my prayers. Maybe they're not reaching him. Maybe I'm getting that return to sender notice. If you feel that way, then my friend, My brother, my sister, remember that the Lord hears our prayers. And this man had confidence in God because in the very first verse of Psalm 88, he said, O Lord, the God of my salvation. He knew where his salvation was. He knew the one that he needed to turn to. And even when it becomes really challenging and really dark and really hard, we need to know that God indeed does hear the prayers of his children. 
He heard the prayers of the Apostle Paul. Paul pleaded three times to the Lord. Back in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 8, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And Paul knew that God was hearing his prayers. And if you have this feeling or this thought that God may not be hearing your prayers, then I want to encourage you today, have faith. Have faith and continue to cry out to your Father in heaven because he does hear the prayers of the righteous. We have this feeling of return to sender. God hears our prayers. Now, with, anything, with something like this, there is something else to think about. When you go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Lord responded to Paul, and he said in verse number 8, or verse number 9, He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. So the Lord responded to the Apostle Paul. Isn't that great? Well, somebody may be saying, Well, I don't know if that's great. Because what was it that Paul wanted? What did he want? Take the thorn of the flesh away from me. What did Jesus say? My grace is sufficient. This is where the disconnect often happens. With me and maybe even with you at times. The Lord responded. The Lord heard his prayers. There's no question about that. But maybe it wasn't what Paul wanted to hear. And this is where I think the challenges really come in. Maybe Paul wanted to hear, listen, Paul, this is going to end in a few days. This will end in a few weeks. I will move on your behalf in a few months. He didn't hear that. Jesus said, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. Whatever the thorn was, it would remain. It would not be taken away. Was this a return to cinder moment? I don't think so at all. Because heaven heard his prayers. The Lord heard his prayers. He hears the prayers of the righteous. He not only heard, but he responded. He responded to the Apostle Paul. And he told Paul exactly what he needed to hear. And Paul would have to trust in him. He would have to rely upon the grace of God. And Paul, while he was weak, Christ is strong. And he would have to rely fully and truly and only upon him. And this is where we have to hold on to. This is what we have to hold on to. This is what we have to remember in these dark days because challenges are going to come. Life has a way of doing that. And as we think about our faith in Jesus Christ, as we think about the experiences that we have, when we start feeling like we have a return to cinder notice from our Father in heaven, stop and know that God is able to provide us with the strength that we need. That God, that his son Jesus, they have not left us and they have not abandoned us. On the contrary, they, they're the ones that we can find our ultimate source in. And we have to believe that. And that source of strength may come in a, in a variety of ways. I go back and it's a passage we often talk about in the days of grief and something to remember no matter what the period of time or experiencing were, uh, experiences we may have. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 1, Paul is going to remind us something very important about our God. He's going to remind us that he is a God of all comfort, comfort. And sometimes our strength is going to come in the form of others, in the form of our brothers and sisters. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth with all the saints who are throughout Achaia. 
grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God's grace is sufficient, and he will give us the strength to abide, to continue no matter what it is that we may face in our lives. And that strength may come at times in the form of others, our brothers and sisters, and this is why we need one another so much. Our strength and assurance has to come from the promises of God, that he does hear our prayers, that he will move on our behalf, that he does see and hear all the things that we experience and the prayers that we give to him. See, Paul would have to rely fully upon God. He would have to rely fully upon the strength of Christ. And this would not be the only time that Paul would have to be reminded of this. In Acts chapter 18, when Paul was in Corinth, the Lord had to remind him again. You just continue to trust in me. You continue to rely upon my strength. And I'm going to see you through this situation. In Acts chapter 18 and verse number 9, when Paul was in Corinth, the Lord said to Paul in the night by a vision, Do not be afraid any longer, but go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you. And that's something so important. Whether it's with evangelism or just with life, with suffering, no matter the case, no matter what we may experience, we need to know that the Lord is with us. He said, I am with you, and no man will attack you in order to harm you, for I have many people in this city. Paul would have to believe that. He would have to trust what the Lord said to him. And brothers and sisters, in the midst of dark hours and disappointment and when we're praying to God fervently for such a long period of time, when it's someone close to us, our children maybe, or our spouse, or maybe ourselves in our physical situation or whatever the case may be, and it feels like God is not moving on our behalf, we have to remember his grace is sufficient for me. His grace is sufficient for us. He does hear our prayers. And in the midst of these spiritual battles, we are going to feel down at times. We are going to feel like maybe we're getting this return to sender notice from God. But do not allow that to deceive us. He hears, he will respond, and he is the source of our strength. And what an amazing thought to recognize that God will respond to my prayers. He will respond to your prayers. He hears your prayers. That's awesome. And he loves us. And he will move on our behalf. And even when God responds in a way that maybe we did not expect, or in a way that maybe we were not looking for, or in a way maybe we didn't even want, his grace is sufficient for me. And his grace will be sufficient for you. Avoid this return to sender mentality. Because God hears. And he will give us the strength that we need. And we're going to have to trust in him. And we're going to have to respond the right way. And that's not always easy to do. Because when you go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm impressed with Paul. And Paul had so many challenges in his life his body was broken down so many times you think about how he's being beaten and in Acts chapter 16 now he's got this thorn in the flesh he's got all these problems and yet in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 the Lord said to me my grace is sufficient for you 
For power is perfected in weakness. Now watch what Paul said. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with, per- with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Therefore, I am well content. That's what stood out to me. That's a hard phrase to really think about. Because Paul was praying fervently, and the Lord responded to him, and Paul then responded the proper way, with faith, with courage, with contentment. I will be content. And he would have to continue to endure that thorn of the flesh, the thorn of suffering for the sake of Christ. That's because his life was not his. He belonged to the Lord. Paul could have been angry at the Lord. Would you? Would I be angry? He could have allowed bitterness to consume him, but he didn't. And one of the things that just stood out to me, which is so impressive, is that when you read these verses again in verse number 9 and 10, it just seems like Paul has this sense of calm. You pick up on that? He, he just seems to be satisfied, even with the response from, from, from the Lord. I will be content. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. I'm well content with weaknesses, with insults. Now, don't forget, he wanted that to be taken away. He pleaded three times. But the way that he handled the entire situation is amazing. Because there was peace, there was trust, there was contentment. And maybe someone today in this audience, I'm sure there's one person here at least, feels like God is not responding to their prayers. Is that you? I think we all could raise our hand if we're going to be real about this, right? We all could raise our hands. There's, a, there's things that we all want, and there's things that we want God to do on our behalf. And if you feel that way, I want to encourage you to hold on, to not lose heart, to not give up. Because we know that our Father in heaven, he loves us. We know that our Father in heaven, he hears us. And we know that in his time, and it may not be in the way that we always think, but we know that he will respond. And we must, therefore, decide how we are going to respond. How are we going to handle when we feel like we have this, keep, keep getting the same message, return to sender. He's not doing anything for me. You see, we have to decide right here, right now. And really, it has to be an everyday decision. How am I going to respond today? And how am I going to respond tomorrow when it comes to my faith? my relationship with God, when it comes to my marriage, my finances, my health, or my children, and the prayers that we're, we're sending up to God with so many different difficulties and challenges that we face, how are we going to respond when God moves on our behalf? We need to respond the way that Paul did. I'm not saying this is easy, and I'm not saying I have it all figured out because I don't. I need this sermon for myself.
And I know someone else needs this sermon too. All of us need this sermon. We're going to have to trust in God. Trust in his way and in his knowledge. The 9 o'clock worship service was so good. Because our focus was on, as it is in all of our worship services, but even more so with that song service and the scriptures that we read on how awesome God really is. God is awesome. He is great. And if he could speak things into existence, he can move on my behalf. And if he could control the seas and the waves, he can provide the things that we need. He loves us. He cares about us. And we have fellowship with him. And therefore, God's grace. His grace is going to be enough. And we need to hold on to this. If you feel like your prayers are not being answered by the Lord, remain with him. Don't give up. Don't give in. Trust in him. And know that he cares and that he loves. Can we say a prayer before the invitation song? Let's pray. Father in heaven, you know our hearts. You know our tears. You see all of our tears. You see our pain. You see our challenges. You know those who are struggling at this very moment. While we may not always share or talk about the challenges that we face, you know. You know the tears that are shed behind closed doors, the frustrations that we have. Father, help us to remain with you. Help us to trust in you, even when the days get dark, and even when we feel like doubt is creeping in. We know that you hear our prayers, that you love us, and that you care about us, and you are concerned about us, and we are so thankful for that. And ultimately, Father, we know you know what is always best for us. We pray, Heavenly Father, that we will trust in you, Help us to continue to seek you in all the things that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue to be people of prayer. Let's trust in our Father and know that he will respond. If you're in Christ, let's remain with him. If you're not in Christ, we want to encourage you to become a Christian, to put on Christ in baptism, and to enjoy the free gift of salvation that he offers to all mankind. If we can help you with this, come now as we stand and as we sing.